everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Spiritual Spiral. Of course, I'm your host, Sam Davidson, and I also just wanted to give a shout out to our other co-host, Sari Cohen. She is totally fine. I know I kind of told you guys she wasn't doing well and that I never talked about her again. She is well and good, and we'll have an episode just with her to catch up. So I know some of you reached out to me about that. But today is really exciting because we have Mona Loring. And so she's a psychic medium and energy healer, but also a publicist in Hollywood. And we crossed paths when I was doing my red carpet work. And it's really interesting how you're juggling these two very different worlds. So thank you for joining me, Mona. Thank you so much for having me. I was so excited to be invited and to be like, wow, I'm going to be talking to somebody about both my very, very different worlds. And it's going to be really fun to go there with you. Yeah, it's really cool. So as many people say, we all have gifts, right? It just depends how you tap into them. And some people's gifts are definitely stronger than others. But when did you first develop your gifts? And did you kind of put them to sleep for a little bit to kind of, you know, focus on other stuff? Like, what did that look like? That's exactly what I did. So <laughs> it's it's always like hard to go back and really remember the specifics, but where I usually start my story of realizing quote unquote, my gifts was when I was 13 and <laughs> it sounds so cliche every time I tell the story, but there's no other way to tell it. I actually started with a Ouija board. I got it for a birthday and we were playing around with it. And all of a sudden I realized, okay, things are moving and we're not moving it. And that sort of sort of opened me up to the reality of what is there, right? Which is, you know, what is not there is truly there. Mm -hmm. And from there, it really opened me up to my mediumship abilities. Um, I was, as a teenager in high school, I was able to channel, you know, people's higher selves and I would give them advice. And it was very strange. And of course, at that age, it's like, you know, who likes who and yeah. Know. And it's like, it's Mona is like the yeah. weird fun one. She'll do fun things with us and, you know, tell us this and that. I mean, I always used to go on, I think it was something called lovecalculator.com growing up. And so we were like, me and my girlfriends would all sit around and, you know, I would, I would sometimes be like, well, I think, and they'd be like, well, who are you? And I'm like, I don't know. Like I like ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the crazy thing is I was doing all this before there was the internet. Mm -hmm. And so if you could imagine people, and so it was something that I couldn't even Google. I couldn't figure it out. I didn't know what it was. And I was just going through these years of my teenage life, just feeling quite honestly, pretty isolated. I had no idea what I was doing and why I was doing it. And it wasn't until I got so much older and started to actually study, read books, practice under, you know, different teachers and realize, oh my gosh. Okay. So what I was doing is called channeling what I am as a medium, you know, and, and I'd start to put the pieces together later in my adult life. Wow. And so when did you decide to maybe like take a break, turn it off? Was it because of the career you were going towards people judging you? Was there a situation that happened where you were like, no, I, I don't want this anymore. So I turned it off basically when I turned 18 and went off to college, I was with my husband now, he was my boyfriend then, and he was not into any of this stuff of this world. And it wasn't until he was always like, I know you're not a liar and you're really honest, but I just, I, I don't quite believe this world. And so to be with him, it was just sort of like, you know, it's not really invited back then. Now he's like all about it. And like, it's part of our daily conversations of like what his family members from across the other side have to say. So it's totally different now, but took many years. 
Uh, so I shut it off mainly for that. And I kind of wanted to go into college as like a new person without it, because when you're young, especially, and you don't know how to control your abilities, you're basically kind of obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. And it would take over. I mean, there, I have chunks of memory from high school that I don't even, I lost because I was either channeling or, you know, a medium at the time. And I used to do automatic writing in class instead of taking my notes in class mm -hmm. and studying. So it was just really taking so much of me up. Um, and I balanced it decently when I look back, I don't even know how I did, but it was just encompassing way too much of my time in my life. So I put it on the back burner and it didn't come back until I had my first child, which was at the age of 25. And it came back. I didn't open up to it. It just decided to come back. And so my intuitive abilities just was like, bam, it's back. What are you going to do with it? And I actually did swallow that down again. Um, just in case you would ask again, I'm just going to answer. Uh, and it wasn't until I was about, I don't know, 28, 29, something like that, where after studying and really opening up to it again, I thought, okay, this is, this is something that's me. I understood the difference between the dark and the light really well, finally. And I understood that it, this isn't scary and you know, it, you can, you can allow what you want in and you can set these rules. And so once I started to control that, it got obviously a lot better. And, and through the years of being with various teachers and really practicing my, my work, I don't even know mm -hmm. what to call it. Uh, now I integrate it in everything, you know, it's, it's part of what I do sometimes even during work and first, depending on the clients. And I even do it with my team. I actually later today have a manifestation meeting with one of my employees, because instead of having like a one-on-one -on -one employee evaluation thing, I was like, let's, let's teach you how to manifest. What do you want to do with your career? Let's go there and let's talk about it. And I'm going to have oh my, my guys. I love that. That's like, oh, wow. You're the coolest boss ever. Um, <laughs> and I have so many questions about how you control that with your clients, especially given the matter of Hollywood and all of that. But before we get there, I also want to talk about fear just because it's something that I know I've dealt with my whole life, you know, like I said, I love ghosts, but actually I was terrified of ghosts. I wasn't afraid of serial killers or anything. Like I was afraid of ghosts. And that's so interesting to me because that must've been something that I experienced in some way, somehow, maybe when I was younger, I used to have like, it would scream in the middle of the night, panic dreams. I also messed around with the Ouija board a little bit. I, all I wanted was to talk to Marilyn and Lucy. That's all I wanted. I didn't mean to open up a door to whatever. I didn't know. <laughs> but um, I think obviously hearing your story, how you kind of pushed it down a couple of times, was fear involved in that? And how did you get over it? Fear was absolutely involved in it. Uh, like I kind of explained a few minutes ago when I said I learned how to control kind of the dark and the light and understand that. Yeah. Um, when I first started, again, spirit knows how to take advantage of you. I, not to sound scary or anything, but it's true. And there's various things. Like I even tell people that I'm close to, I say, if you're going to a bar and you're drinking with friends, have a protection around you because when you are, you know, high on marijuana or if you're drinking or whatever, you bring your, your guard down and there's actually attachments that can, that can mm. attach you. So it's a version of that when you're young, you have zero boundaries. You have no spiritual boundaries really. And so when you're playing with a Ouija board, especially, or if you were to play with tarot cards or whatever your tool may be, 
if you don't know your boundaries and you don't energetically set them, I mean, boundaries aren't something where you have to like sit there and like put like your cast a circle with salt or anything like that. My boundaries are just there. I talked to my guides, you know, the other day I had a spirit coming in and I told my guides, I don't want to talk to that spirit anymore. I'm done. And that that's the boundaries and they don't come. So fear wise, a hundred percent. I, I mean, I used to go to bed. This is horrible. I hate talking about it, but I used to go to bed as a teenager and my bed would be shaking because they wanted me to know I was there and I would fall asleep as a teenager. If I could sleep going, Oh my gosh, this is awful. When is this going to stop? Not knowing that I could have literally created boundaries and done things to be like, no. So that did lend itself into me not wanting to go into that in college, you know, and that was my first boundary. You know, when you turn it off, you go, okay, I don't want this anymore. And that's its own version of that fear of being like, I don't want to be afraid anymore. So I'm going to turn it off completely. And I know a lot of people who do that mm-hmm. sometimes as children, when they're really intuitive and then they don't even realize as adults that they have the quote unquote, the gifts. Right. So yes, in that way, um, there was fear, but I have to say through my adult life, it comes back, you know, there's been times where, um, I don't see a spirit like perfectly manifested in front of me at all. Um, like some people I've heard that they can see them, like they don't even know the difference, which mm-hmm. blows my mind. Cause I've never seen anything that specific. Um, I've seen the closest that I've ever seen is my husband's grandfather coming in and it was like almost like smoky and, and, you know, it, but it was like hologram ish. Right. Mm-hmm. So I knew the difference and that, that, that kind of stuff doesn't scare me. First of all, it's, you know, familiarity and the energy, and you can tell the vibe is cool, but there's times where I'll walk anywhere and I'll see like, you know, movement and I'm aware of it. And if it's like at night or something, I still get a little bit scared. I'm not going to lie. You know, you're like, what is that? It's the same thing as something invading. And when you were talking about the fear of ghosts and not serial killers Mm -hmm. and things like that, I get that because you're like, well, a serial killer, like you could potentially fight them physically back, you know? So I, I understand how someone would do that. Um, and if you learn the tools though, of that type of control and those kinds of boundaries, and I, I do that kind of, I have energetic protections, like all of the things, um, and not to say anything's ever perfectly foolproof about anything in this world and outside of this world, but it helps with those fears. I could talk about this forever. Yeah, I, no, I mean, and I'm all, and like, I have interviewed, you know, so many amazing people that I respect on this show, but everyone has a different opinion. And while I want to be positive and all love and light, it is hard for me. And maybe this is because of my like human brain or something to say, okay, well, if there's light, then there has to be dark. Like we can't just say that it doesn't exist and that we are completely protected against that, you know? And and I do think that a lot of times when there are people that just go crazy and kill people, like they had somehow had like darkness in them, you know, because if there even wasn't really like a history of something like that. And, and that is where the fear is because it's like, okay, do I have something dark attached to me? Am I just depressed? Do I have anxiety? Like, like what is going on? And I think, and also in in my real life, I definitely have issues with boundaries. You know, it's, if someone calls me three times, I, I got to answer. Like, I'm like, oh no. Okay, fine. Like I've been really good not answering the first two times. Now I have to answer. Fine. I'll do it. But you know, with knowing that there is darkness and things like that, you know, what are some red flags that people can look out for if they're getting a sign that might not be from something from the light? 
That's interesting. I, I, so I had my own podcast, uh, in yeah. 2020 and I went over that briefly as just, you know, things to look for that are, I just call them lower vibration, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's really at the end of the day, it's high vibration, low vibration. And that's why I, I disagree with anyone who says that those things don't exist because it's a spectrum and yeah. you know, there's high on the spectrum and low on the spectrum. And I, I totally understand people who don't want to label it. I don't like to label it either because it does make it more scary and fearful right. and it gives, lends it power. And I don't think you should ever lend anything like that power, but at the end of the day, it exists. So things to look for. I mean, you, you hit some things on the head just when you're like, you know, if someone's feeling depressed, what does this really mean? And I've, so it depends. Like, I want to make sure I answer your question because there's yeah. a lot of places to go with that, but you know, a, if you feel an eerie vibe and it's not because you just watched a scary movie, like, you know, again, if you have reasons that you intuitively are feeling anything that don't add up to your actual environment and your surroundings, that's probably energy that you're picking up on. And if it's not a good feeling, that's low vibrational energy. And right there, that's not good. Um, I have had you know, things move in my house and things make noises in my house. And sometimes I'll tell my husband and he'll be like, well, get it, get out of here, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, well, let's read. Like, is it a good thing or a bad, you know what I mean? So it's things like that, that you have to just base it on, um, quite honestly, your own feelings. I'm, I'm kind of trying to think of just the general person listening to this, right? Sure. There's higher yeah. levels of stuff that anyone can do to read it and communicate. But in general, if you're feeling like it's not so great, then it probably isn't quite yeah. honestly, right? Um, and even people that you come across from a day-to-day perspective, if you're like, I just don't like this person, like they just give me a bad vibe or whatever it is, most of the time people aren't bad people. They don't mean to be, right? And so that's another thing where it could be an attachment and that attachment like you went into, I mean, this is stuff I love to talk about all day, is the attachments that make you feel depressed, the attachments that are giving people suicidal ideations. And, mm-hmm. you know, these, I know I've worked with these many times hands-on, so I have for a fact seen them. And the way to usually work with that stuff too is either having them physically purge things where even they, for their themselves, they energetically purge, which is not to say plant medicines for everyone, but some people do things like that. Um, or it can be, um, having a shaman or, you know, anyone who is a, a practitioner in that way, bring these entities to the light. Cause that's all they want to. It's almost like you give it love and it shifts its vibration. Right. So yeah. you can't help, but if you go into a dark room and you go in with a candle, it's no longer completely dark. It, it, that's why light is so much stronger. That's how I always think of it. So I don't know if I'm going on too many. No, candles. not at all. I could go with it, but that's, yeah. that's something that I, that I really think like look for it, like look for that vibe. If it's a bad vibe, there's a reason. When people, you know, an, a spirit might be stuck or like not wanting to move on or go into the light, what have you, like a low vibrational spirit, let's say, do they have a high vibrational counterpart that's somewhere that was their higher self or their soul that like is happy and positive that it's, they've somehow lost connection with? Technically, I think, yes, it gets so complicated and there's, I have found that the more I study, the less I know, I always say Mm -hmm. that because the more I experience, the more I speak to teachers, the more all the things it's such a great grand thing. You know, there's so many different dimensions, let alone, you know, so when you're saying if there's an entity that's perhaps stuck, so let's pretend just for, you know, giving ourselves examples, right. 
let's pretend that there is a um, girl, that's sad, but we'll, you know, a girl ghost that can't cross over, um, that is a negative energy because maybe something happened to her in this life. And so she just can't go and she can't cross over. And you're asking, is there like a higher, you know, her higher self? I believe there is, you know, I think the higher self has different manifestations. That's why when you reincarnate, you still have your higher self and then you have all your different reincarnations and different dimensions. Not to get all it's crazy. So, it's, it's so, so hard to like wrap a human brain around it because yeah. it's like, I want to know, but then sometimes the more I know, I'm like, okay, I don't, this is just confusing me and like disturbing me in some way. Like what timeline am I on? Like what yeah. multiverse is happening right now? Yeah. It's funny that you say multiverse. Cause I'll watch Marvel movies like with my son and I'll be like, Oh my gosh, like who are they consulting? This, this is so real, you know, time I mean? travelers, time travelers. <laughs> um, so yeah, I do believe that you have that highest self because, and again, this is my belief because I'm never going to be someone who preaches that I know remotely all at all. Yeah. Um, but I do believe everybody is attached to that highest self in some mm. way. And we're all just different you know, it's like one time I heard somebody say it's like having a computer and like the main computer is like that highest self, that soul, whatever that different people call it different things. Mm -hmm. And it has different programs that are, you know, like the matrix, mm. right. That are like all your different human selves. And I found that that's why sometimes in this lifetime, you can't get over something when I've worked with people shamanically, for example, and oftentimes a common thing I'll see is relationships where someone's like, I can't get over this person. Like, mm. There is nothing you can do. There is nothing that person can do. I've seen so many therapists. I can't get over this person. And something that I have been able to do to help some of them, not all of them, is when I've gotten the download or my guides have told me that it's because in another dimension, they're still with that person. And so mm. they're crossing over dimensions. Oh, There's shit. a reason why you can't <laughs> get over it because you're like, but I'm really with that person. I know I am. My heart is there. And again, that's another layer of just crazy, yeah. Ugh. Wow. Who came up with this? I'm just kidding. It's very complicated. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I do want to talk about your shamanic work. So we have had different uh, shamans on the show just to hear about it. So how did you get into it? And what does your shamanic work look like? Because I know it's kind of different for each person. Yeah, it's very, I love that you say that. It's very different for each person. I have really stayed away from calling myself a shaman in any way, because I quite honestly don't even feel like I'm worthy of that term partially because of it, like almost appropriating. Yeah. Um, I see that. So yeah. And it's complicated because I know that I have a lot of medicine in my ancestral history through being an, an, an Iranian woman. Mm -hmm. And so we have a lot of different layers and I've had my ancestors come through and be like, we were shamanic. We did these things. We could not call it those things. It was frowned upon with religion. Like it's a whole thing. So I purposely don't call myself a shaman, but I say shamanic work mm -hmm. because that's what it is. So my story of how it started, long story short, is it was, I'm losing track of time, but it was a number of years ago. And I was at a um, spiritual teacher's New Year's uh, prayer circle. And it was sort of like, what, what are we calling in? What do we need to know? And in that prayer circle, we were meditating and I got a download that said, you absolutely have to shamanically train. 
you know, and in my mind, then it said like, you need to become a shaman. I didn't, you know, I remember getting out of that. My sister was at that prayer circle with me. And after we left, I was like, Hey, uh, I think I need to Google what a shaman is. <laughs> I really had no idea. I mean, it was that crazy for me. I mean, just even a number of years ago, I, I, you know what it is, but you really don't know what it is. And so I, I Googled and I started researching and I was like, how am I supposed to, I'm right here outside of LA. Like, yeah, it's not really like, sh- like in a way there's a lot of people that are shamans, but there's also not, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I ended up finding someone who was like 20 minutes north of me. That was a beautiful, wonderful lady. Um, her name is Joy Bra. I always recommend her for a lot of people who need sessions because I'm too busy to take somebody on with my PR work. But I ended up learning from her at first. And then she led me on to my master teachers in Mount Shasta. And then I met, you know, a number of different mediumship teachers. I've studied a lot of different things in many ways concentrated around the same times. And it's just what life led me to, you know, I ended up getting my Reiki master and I was like, okay, that's not for me. I totally respect Reiki, but it just wasn't what I'm, I'm doing. Um, so I became a Reiki master and then I realized, no, I need to figure out my own thing. And through a lot of my learnings in shamanic training, it's Peruvian shamanism. Mm -hmm. I forgot to mention that I kind of would I was really lucky to have teachers that understood that it's not the same for everybody. And when they would teach me something, I would hear my guide say, but you know, you're going to do it different. So as I'm learning it, I was like, oh, I am. Oh, okay. And so I would learn things on based on the chakra system, which is different than the shamanic chakra system. And I would interpret things very differently as they were teaching it. It was like, I was remembering it again because I've been taught before. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. I remember when I was, um, another story is I, I'm going to go on tangents all day. I, have I love it. Are you kidding me? I'm soaking <laughs> this up. Go right ahead. I'm a Gemini too. So it's like all the things. <laughs> when I was training for Reiki, I remember going to my teacher and saying, can you please just feel my hands? And my hands were undoubtedly radiating heat. It was like crazy hot. Um, and I was like, I already remember how to do this. And she was like, oh my God, you're going to be one of those weirdos. I was like, I know, I'm sorry. Um, so it's, I really believe that a lot of times if you are, if you've done it in your past life and you're retraining again, just to remember it in this life, things will just come back to you. You're not learning. You're just remembering. And a lot of what I've done has been remembering. And that's why I have my own version because I believe that in the past as a medicine woman and all the different things that I've done, uh, I had trained already. And so I knew things. So while I was retraining and remembering the Peruvian shamanism, I don't believe I had been trained necessarily in the past in Peruvian shamanism that hasn't come up in any of my past life regressions or any, my guides have never told me that. Uh, but I remembered what shamanic healing was in its different cultures and so I kind of just remembered how to do it my own way that's cool and like it's funny that you said your hands were radiating when you were doing the Reiki training but you didn't like you didn't like connect with it because isn't that how you're supposed to feel like your hands radiating with yeah but this was like day one you sit down and you're with your teacher and I you know she's putting like this folder of papers in front of me and I'm supposed to just be reading and all of a sudden I was like why do I feel like this? This is crazy. Come here. And she actually ended up saying, she, she called me into a master's circle. She had like this master's Reiki group and it was people that every week would come together and they work on each other just to keep, you know, their, 
their teachings up or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Right. And she invited me. She's like, this is a brand new student. I just think you guys should meet her. <laughs> and I went in that, you know, that week and started working on people. Um, and I just knew what to do, even though I didn't remember any of the, you know, principles that she was teaching me or any of the sayings and all the things. And quite honestly, I didn't even retain them. I still to this day, don't remember any of my Reiki teachings because I just know how to channel that light. And I saw it completely differently Mm. because of my own remembering. Yeah. And it's like human design, for instance, you know, is a combination of all these different modalities. And so I think that it's, I love human design just because I find it, it just, it clicks in my brain, you know, more than some other things, but I feel like with other ways to heal people and spiritual modalities, like there is a way to combine like shamanism and like, they're all, you know, connected and there could be a new thing that's created. That's like, oh, this is a combination of shaman work and Reiki and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And I love and recommend for people to try so many different practitioners because it's so cool to see what other people come up with. You know, it's like different artists, like you all paint, you all use oil, maybe, you know, all the different oil painters use oil painting, but it's not the same art. Mm -hmm. So it's, I really look at it as the same exact thing. It's just like all our different ways of doing things that are different. I have been trained, for example, with my shamanic work, not to tell anyone what I'm being told by spirit and given and the pictures I see, I see movies in my head sometimes. Okay. And I went against that because I was like, well, my guides are very clear. I'm a medium, I'm psychic. So I'm actually going to find my own way of, as I'm clearing my clients and working on them, I take notes and I write things about them. Um, sometimes I get ages of why they have a blockage in their body or whatever. And I share it with them, even though I was trained not to, but I knew that was my version. Perhaps that's something I had done the way I had done it in the past. And I wanted to honor what felt right for me. And it works really well with my clients. So, yeah. And so speaking of your other work and clients, I mean, you have other clients that are not, you know, spiritual clients, you are a big publicist. And, and I know that you are also a publicist for some, you know, you have two public, uh, you have two publicity companies, right? I did up until a few weeks ago and I merged them together and it feels so good to finally have it under one umbrella, but yes, for a number of years, um, gosh, over six years, I had conscious living PR and then I had my company that was called MLC PR, which is what I'd been doing for 17 years. And just this year I woke up and it was 2022. And I thought, you know what, let's throw fear out the window Fear Again, it was very fearful for me. I did not know how people would handle uh, me merging them together. The fact that conscious living PR is based in mind, body, and spirit, and that's not necessarily Hollywood. And then all of a sudden Hollywood was going to be one of the strongest departments that are a part of this company. Um, but I was quite honestly practicing what I preach and I was very heart led and I was very spirit led and spirit just kept whispering, no fear, no fear, no fear. You will go where you're meant to go. And I trusted that and it worked out really well. So they're, they're all under one roof now. That's exciting. And I mean, I'm sure that you would agree that maybe five to 10 years ago, it wouldn't have been as well received as it is right now. I absolutely agree with you. When I was talking to all my clients about it, because all my actor clients that I was bringing over, I made sure to talk to them about it. And And they're like, what are you talking about? No, it was really funny. Actually, they were like, aren't you already doing that? And I was like, I guess I've really talked to most of you about (laughs) like so many of my clients already knew that I'm practicing, you know, shamanism and that I, I'm a healer and 
for certain clients, I, you know, I keep a lot of privacy, but I also do a lot of healing in Hollywood, uh, whether they're my clients or someone else's clients or, you know, different publicist managers, agents are clients of mine. So I already work in that way. So it wasn't this big secret. And in 2020, when I came out with my, my podcast, I basically told people openly, like, I'm a medium. I've never told anybody. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't a total shock, which again was part of it. But I think you're absolutely right. If it had been just five years ago, even, I, I think you're right about 10 years ago. No way, right? Yeah. <laughs> because when I started Conscious Living, uh, I, I always forget, but it was like six or seven years ago. And we were taking on, you know, authors that were mediums or psychics. And when I was pitching that to mainstream press, they were like, a, a medium, like what? Like they really hadn't known, even though there was like Long Island medium and all these different places, right? Um, and now we really don't even have to explain what the person is that we, you know, even human design, we rep people who do human design, Day Luna, they're awesome. Oh, uh, I love them. They've been on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we don't have to preface necessarily for some we do, but it's different now. And so yeah, it's, it's really the time for it. And I think that after the pandemic, the world has really opened their minds up. At least a lot of the world has opened their minds up and in many ways, some people have opened their minds up in different ways. Uh, and I think that now is the time for people to accept the way anyone wants to do things, let alone the fact that it's spiritual. I think just in general, if you want to do something different, you want to have a side hustle, for example, People would have back then been like, you need to be one thing. You're not going to be good at it unless you do one thing. Mm-hmm. And now it's sort of like, no, like you can be like my sister is our, you know, one of our social media managers at the company. That's her career. That's her job. But she's an artist. She's, she's a self-portrait photographer, artist, painter. And no one goes, well, how can you do social media if you're this? It's just everybody's able to be multifaceted. And I think that's awesome. It is awesome. I mean, I hope things are changing, um, you know, because I was a Hollywood assistant for a long time. And because I was I was one I was a theater and journalism major at USC. And then, you know, I was basically told just climb the ladder, be an assistant, become a development executive. You can read scripts, like leave all the unrealistic stuff behind. And so I was assistant for a long time to different producers and managers and agents. And it like was soul sucking. It was absolutely soul sucking. I remember my first job out of college, I was a receptionist. I had interned there the summer before and I had started a blog. I had started a comedy blog about my dating life. And normally I feel like that would have been so applauded, but it was 2010 and I it got passed around the opposite. It wasn't anything that salacious. Like it really wasn't, but it wasn't applauded. Like I got called into HR. And then when I started doing stand up, when I was working for a reality TV producer, um, you know, he was, and then when the job didn't work out because I kind of, I don't know if you know who Mystic Michaela is, um, the aura reader, she has this podcast called Know Your Aura. It's so good, but she, I'm definitely purple something. I know I'm a lot of purple, but she has, she, coined something called purple bombing where someone with a purple aura is just mic drop it's just she's like I'm out of here so it was my last assistant job I did that and he was like fine just go do stand-up comedy and I was like okay like you know I I I wish I could do both like I don't understand why you know it's so difficult to do both but yeah and and even like when I did the red carpet work 
people will say that they saw me or we, we even spoke. And I'm like, I can't remember because I was so focused on the job, but I am very intuitive. And I do think that part of me being a good red carpet journalist was that I was reading people. I was able to pick up on what they wanted to talk about, what they didn't want to talk about. Maybe that one thing that they really wanted to talk about that nobody asks them about. And so that was like always my go-to thing. So I was so in the zone with it. But do you think now, like, yeah, like you said, people are really kind of opening up to these other modalities. I mean, hopefully it'll just continue to grow and grow because I also think it's kind of like a popular thing to be into right now. It's trendy. Yeah. I think that I, I've even lived where I had, and I I will always admit where I messed up in the past or whatever it was. And as a boss, I used to have people who were starting different side jobs. And I was like, do you want to be a publicist or not? Because if you're going to be a publicist, you got to give it 110%. And and now I look back and like, oh man, I was, you know, so short-sighted, but it's like, you, you just are what you know at that time. But I think that, yes, like we said, you know, we're opening up to being able to be many things because we are not just one thing. And I think it makes us better when we're not just one thing. When you can do things that are a part of your passion, you lend that passion and that kind of better mindset and that positivity into what else you're doing. So for me, even I found that when I will go from having a healing session to going right back into PR or whatever it might be, I'm like that next PR experience, or if I'm pitching a client or whatever, they're literally getting like spiritual downloads and like literal blessings and like high vibes into their work. I'm like, they don't even realize this is like really good for them. Um, and yes, I think that it's absolutely a time where spirituality is more accepted than ever. It's and and, and to a point where it's trendy Mm -hmm. and I have kind of had conversations with people. I was going to say in my head, I was like stumbling over that, but it's like, I've actually talked to people too, where, how do we feel about that? You know, what do you, what do you think? Like for me, I see both sides, regardless, I'm glad it's happening, even though there's some downside to it. What's the downside is that the charlatans, you know, like that, that becomes a thing now and it becomes out there. And it scares me that, you know, people who see me put so much trust in my word and what I see. And when I tell them, I see something, um, from spirit, they just trust that so much. And I can only imagine if you weren't authentic and you were just doing it to take someone's money or take advantage of them. That's so scary. And for that to become trendy, there's going to be more of that. Or even um, as a publicist, I have a lot of clients who have high social media numbers, like their IGs are really popular. And there's constantly fakes that Mm -hmm. used to happen for my celebrity clients. And now it's happening more on my spiritual clients, you know? And so there's that downside. And then there's like, you know, you go to a regular store and you go to like forever 21 or something and you see crystals and it's really just plastic and people don't know the difference and that's not fair. And so there's that side of it too. Yeah, I do. I think overall it's, you know, the authentic people will, will stick and a new wave will come, but when you're especially working with people that aren't your clients that don't already trust and know you. And let's say you're working with a new manager, an agent, getting to know them, and you just got off of one of your healing calls and you are getting downloads for these people. It's like, where do you draw the line of professionalism of saying something or not? Do you ever? I tend to know my audience for the most part. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when I switch hats and I'm going into PR mode again, for the most part, I it's PR again, you know? Yeah. And I have learned for the most part 
to have the boundaries of, I don't spy on people. You know, there is a difference when you're allowing yourself to read them. Some people really have their information in their aura and you can't help but know certain things. Um, and there's been times where I've taken like meetings with a potential client and I, I'll tell them, I'll be like, well, I know you want this and this and this, and it looks like you have a book coming out like after the, you know, and they'll be like, what? I'm like, oh, I'm psychic, but you know, so <laughs> the thing where it comes out and it helps and it's cool and you know, your audience, but for the most part, like you were saying with, um, managers and agents, I'm, I'm back to just publicist Mona, you know, and I'm, I'm not invading on any of their stuff and they're not putting it out in their aura because they're not about to want people to read them. And so it's, it's pretty easy to kind of keep it in its own little box when it needs to be. Have you had any clients that when you kind of like came out about this, that they were like, wait, I kind of feel like I might have some gifts too. Can, can you help me or anyone that you kind of, you know, open the door to this and they're like, that's really cool. I want to know more because I think maybe I need some guidance in this department. hundred percent. Yes. And it was awesome. Um, obviously that's the celebrity side. And so mm -hmm. when I had started, when I came out on my personal private IG and said, you know, I'm a medium and hello, here I am. This is the real me. And I have a podcast and all these things. I had, you know, clients texting me or DMing me and saying, I've been wondering this about myself. I'm so into like people I didn't even know were so into it. And like I said, you know, some of them have become clients and some of them I've been teaching and along the way. And so, yeah, it, it's been really cool to integrate that and, and see what happens. Um, you know, but there's also the, the tough side of like, again, boundaries, you were talking about your boundaries being, I, I'm really, I'm a Gemini about my boundaries. Sometimes I'm really good and sometimes I'm really awful. And, you know, it, it's tough because one of the things I did not realize when you would come out and say that you are a psychic medium is that people would not maybe have boundaries. And so that was really tough because I want to help literally everyone. That's all I care about. Like if I watch, like last night, I was actually watching Netflix, Tyler Henry's show. Do you, have you We seen were that? watching that yeah. last night too. Yeah. <laughs> of him. And um, Tyler, if you're out there, no, but you know, it's, I watched that and I'm like so inspired because I'm like, oh my gosh, he's helping people. Like that's totally what I want to do. And even with PR, I had sort of justified like years ago, I was like, am I going to do healing one day or am I going to be a publicist? And I found in my, in my downloads and in my progression of life, like I'm a healer in PR. Like you help the world know about people who are going to heal and in your own way, you're healing through that. And so you kind of learn those kinds of things, but boundary wise, it can be so hard because if people are coming for you for help and it's not in session and it was like all the time for a few months, right. When I announced it, Ugh. even personal <laughs> friends of mine were like, well, my daughter's acting like this. What do you, you know? And it's like, you feel so bad because you care. They're your friends. You love them. But at the same time, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to literally go crazy. And so I worked on, you know, what I need to say for people to know, I love you. I'm holding space for you in whatever way I can, but please also know, I can't be doing this 24 seven. And there's a hundred of you asking me for this, you know? So yeah, that's really hard. And I mean, the, we were talking about this before we got on the call a little bit, as everyone knows, I spent most of my adult life in LA. I'm 35. Oh my God. I'm 34. Stop it, Sam. Don't age yourself. <laughs> I do that. I'm already upset enough that I'm 34 and I'm calling myself 35. If anyone did that to me, I would yell at them. Um, but <laughs> 34. So I spent most of my adult life in LA and, and the energy there right now, you know, just feels, and I think that it's always felt, I, I always wanted to find success 
in in LA, in Hollywood, in the creative space. And I don't let go. Like when I went to USC, I didn't even go home during the summers because I wanted to intern and learn everything that I could. And I do think it, you know, took a lot out of me. And I love Southern California. There are things about LA that I that I really love, but energetically right now, I think there are it might be cities, just a lot of cities in general that have this heavy energy. But have you felt that even before the pandemic? I mean, we all know lots of messed up stuff has happened in Hollywood. Hollywood. It's not filled with like the nicest people in the world. There's plenty of lovely, amazing, kind souls, of course, but it's difficult to kind of suss them out. So even before the pandemic, were you like, did you ever get feelings on carpets and kind of just like, you know, stay clear of this? And I'm sure that also helped you as a publicist as well. Yes, yes, and yes. Um, <laughs> I'm like, where do I start? So just in general, going back to the generality of it, yes. And anyone who knows me as a business knows that I have actually stopped working with people or spoken up to people and done things that most publicists, you're kind of told to just put your head down, take the money, do what you're told to do. You're blessed to have this famous of a name or whatever. And because I am intuitive and because I am empathic and I feel things so deeply and I feel their stuff. So if they're not a good person or if they're in pain or whatever, I feel that it's hard to ignore. So there's been a lot of decisions I've made in business because I am how I am. Uh, and it coming from, like you said, Hollywood or LA. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tough place. It's a place that will break a lot of people. If you don't have a really strong backbone and this is not saying like, you're not good enough or anything. It's just, if you're, if you feel too much, it's, it's even harder, you know? And I mean, I've, I remember through the years, you know, being warned about certain people who are filmmakers or producers or whatever. And they're like, Oh, like if your client's going to go to a carpet and be at an event with that, watch out. So they're not going somewhere alone because that person scary things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so excited that so much of that has come to the light because I really think that's part of ascending and a lot of the dark has come to the light in so many different ways that I'm sure anyone listening is going to have their own version of what they're thinking. And because there are that many ways of it. Um, And to answer, I was like trying to hit all your different points and to answer you about just LA and big cities. Yes. When the pandemic first, I want, I don't want to say hit because that was like, you know, about basically today, I think two years ago. Oh God, it is. Yeah. I did my last carpet on March 14th. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember I was like at entertainment tonight on March 13th or something. And that was like really it. And so, uh, I had felt at that time within that week, I was like, this is going to be way bigger than people know. I was texting people and saying, you know, stock up on your stuff, not to create panic, but I was like, stock up on your stuff. Things are about to get weirder than you think. Um, And I just felt a lot of energy building. And the big cities part is anywhere that has a more higher concentration of people is going to have more energy, Mm -hmm. obviously. And it's going to have a higher percentage of people with potentially negative energy because there's just more people, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad place or anything like that. Uh, LA is a complicated one for me. I do have a love-hate relationship with LA. I do not live in LA for a reason. It's not for me. It's too much. Uh, People for years had asked me, why don't you just live here? Why do you want to drive so far out? Um, And I needed that distance energetically. Yeah. And I, hard, it was a hard uh, question to answer like that, but I was always like, Oh, you know, it's fine. It's how I should be. It's for me. Uh, yeah. So- I, I always, I feel like I was guilty of that 
too for just to other people like why don't you live closer why don't you live here I'm like I live right at Runyon I love it like haven't moved off of my block in 10 years but I also think that LA you know be a star move to Hollywood there are so many people that move there with these expectations right and also insecurities that like their looks are the only thing that are going to get them forward in life or just so concerned with like the 3D non-important things in life that I do feel like LA specifically especially when the energy is low it's it's a little darker because it does attract these people that kind of care about the wrong things I think that I used to think like that. And then through my training, I was reframing my mind and my brain to really think about it more so as people who are hurting are trying to find something to heal them. Like I keep going back to the healing, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that when you feel less than because of the family you were raised in or how people bullied you, like a, a common theme through a lot of clients that I had had was that they were somehow probably bullied in their past. So, you know, it's it's different things like that too, where you find that healing however you want and the feeling of getting into a job where you will be adored by many mm-hmm. is going to be very healing. People will at least think at first. And like to the people that bullied you or were unkind to you, like that, it, what better revenge than having them have to pay $17 to go see your movie because their <laughs> husband wants to, you know what I mean? And that like, I'm not going to lie. That sounds pretty awesome. So I do understand that aspect of it, but it's true. Making me think of Taylor Swift stuff, but <laughs> you know, it's, I see it as that's one of the reasons why people flock to Hollywood or New York, you know, and they Mm want to make it because it's like, they're searching for that piece that's going to heal them. And sometimes one reason why actors don't mentally do well, even if they make it in the business is because they're like, wait, this didn't heal me. What now? Yeah. And that's why a lot of times they turn to alcohol and drugs and well, it's, it's hard because you think it's something you work towards your whole life once you get there, then you have to be happy. I mean, it's what you've dedicated your whole life to. And then what a disappointment when you reach that place and it's like lonely and sad. And, and I do think it's good that there are more people and it's LA has always been a Mecca for, you know, like spirituality, like come and crystals and what have you. But, you know, I, I, just really appreciate that there are people out there like you that are working with celebrities and public and like managers and agents that can kind of like weave this in. I hope that more people do that. Me too. And that was something when I started Conscious Hollywood, you know, I just was hoping that anyone who wants to be more conscious and whatever that definition is for them kind of follows suit. And they're like, you know what? I'm tired of being bullied by the meanies in the business, or I'm tired of being a yes man. I've never been a yes man in this business. And it's been something that has actually held me back because I was never willing to just say yes, or tell someone what they want to hear or whatever it might be. And I think that the right people will find me and have found me and they love me for that. And that's all I want to do is just be honest. I'm always based in truth. That's all that Mm -hmm. matters to me. And I'm hoping that it will help other people and maybe that'll help spread it to the actors, right? And the producers and the filmmakers and the people who are actually putting their energy out there for people to consume the media, right? And, you know, it's my little version of like each little step building up into as we ascend into this like new world. Well, that was weird because I was just going to ask you about Ascension and, um, you know, everyone says like, you know, ascending to the 5D or what have you. 
So what are your thoughts and in relation to that kind of like what this pandemic has done to us, like why it happened and and how it has to do with kind of us leveling up and leaving all the old stuff behind? When COVID first hit, again, two years ago, pretty much to the date, was the first time in many, many moons because I had been finally open and talking to my guides where I actually had a shutdown. I had like a blackout period where I was like, I can't hear my guides. Oh my gosh. Like I, I'm not psychic. Like what's, you know, it was just like dead radio silence. Wow. It only lasted. I cannot remember exactly, but two or three days, but it was really, really weird. And it was fear blocking me, you know, that's all it was. And one day I was just like walking outside in my yard. And finally I heard a little whisper that was just go in the sun, let the sun clear you, let that be the light that clears you. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. And I did. And I started to hear again. Um, but from that point of getting that clarity, it was like, you're supposed to feel this darkness. You were supposed to, everyone was supposed to feel some form of fear or cons- like all the things that fear embodies, you know, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that was what was going to shift us to change, right? Because you're never going to move. You're never going to change if you're comfortable, yeah. let alone happy or something. Right. And so we needed that because that's supposed to be shifting us into this new dimension and these changes of this new world, which I've heard so many different versions of, and I personally don't take to one specifically. I I'm going to go with, I don't know. My guides haven't told me what exactly it is. And it's not maybe meant for us to know. And some people have their theories. I definitely think we're ascending. I definitely think that a lot of everybody, what everybody's saying has that grain of truth in it, even though people have their different versions of it. Uh, But it's different for everyone too. And the only thing that I ever stopped to I don't want to say worry, but I'm going to use worry because I can't think of a better term right now is the people I know that literally didn't let any of this change them. And it's, you know, Mm. nothing's different. They're literally the same person that they were two years ago. And I'm like, oh crap, spirit's going to kick you in the ass because you didn't move. And one of my theories is that when you're supposed to change, when things are supposed to shift for you, if you don't listen to what's coming, it's like they're throwing little pebbles at you, like little stings or something Mm kind of goes wrong. And if you don't listen, you'll eventually get that big boulder, which is like, I kind of think of that as like the tower card in tarot, like boom, change, something's happening, you know? And I am concerned for people who are not doing that. And even myself, I go through these moments where like you were saying, like you, you get sucked into 3d and you become like your human brain. And luckily I'm always going back to my practice and shaking it off again. But on days where it's like 48 hours straight of PR work and busy, 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 and losing your sense of self in that way. And until you can renew and refresh again, it's concerning because I can see how easy it is to go back to those old ways. And I can see how that's not what we're supposed to do. And I don't like the tower card at all. And I don't want any of those things to happen. I would (laughs) so much rather make the moves that I need to move and do the things that make me uncomfortable or whatever it may be to change. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, for me, I didn't, and, and who knows things can change. I'm superstitious. I'm trying to, I'm realizing that superstition is just fear. Like it is, there's a lot of things about it that that's just fear. I was weird when I was a kid, like when my parents got divorced, when I was like 10, I was all messed up. I wouldn't step on cracks. Like, you know, it's just like things like that. Cause I think I just felt like such a loss of a sense of control. Um, and so I'm learning how to, um, not let fear like stop me. You know, I just reconnected with someone from my past when we were in high school and like, 
it's going so well and we're really happy and I like adore him I love him he's just he's so great and he's also a Gemini he has the same birthday as my mom it's really funny um but when I, I, I was essentially like forced to move back here. Like there was so many times in LA, it's like, yes, would I like to live somewhere else? Yeah. But I'm afraid to leave. Like, I don't want to lose my career. I've worked so hard. Like I literally have barely left at all in 14 years. And so then it was like, okay, what choice do you really have? Do you really want to be spending all this money on your expensive apartment when your company laid you off? Cause there's no carpets. And it's like, okay, yeah, sure. I, I guess I'll go home. And so for a year here, I was miserable. I was like, why, why God, like why universe, this sucks. And I worked so hard and look, look where I am now. And it, even though this has been unpleasant, I still don't love it here. I would like to go somewhere else, but I did realize I would have never reconnected with Chris if the pandemic hadn't happened and I hadn't had to have gone home. And, and I, even when we connected on Bumble, we didn't realize who the other person was at first. Cause it had been 18 oh, wow. years. I know. And I'm kind of like, I'm a big air sign. I'm an airhead. I'm a triple air. I'm like, sometimes you, you know, I'm like, what, where am I? Like, I don't know. And so I had obviously seen his picture and saw that it said Chris, but I was like, he said where he went to high school. And I go, oh, do you know someone named Chris? Like, duh, Sam. Hello. It's like right in front of you. <laughs> and he was like, is this Sam Davidson? And I was like, oh, okay. But like, even then I was recovering from COVID and I was hating being on Bumble, but I was, I was so bored in my basement. I was like, I'll just go on Bumble and just talk to a stranger. And then it was Chris. And like, again, yeah, we just never would have connected. And it's, it's really special that I'm now seeing from more of a bird's eye point of view. I love that you're saying that. And that's something I've been talking about recently with some of my healing clients where I'm explaining to them that when you're in it and you're dealing with something that you're, you're really unhappy or really uncomfortable or both, it's so hard to know why, you know, why God, why is this happening? I'm a good person. I did all the things I thought mm -hmm. I was supposed to do. I trusted like I'm supposed to trust all the things. And it's not until I always explain, it's not until sometimes five, 10 years later that some people don't even think to look back, but th these things happen to displace us, to put us where they're supposed to, because you are supposed to be with Chris. You're supposed to be dating. And that would not have happened if like, would you have ever moved there when there's not a COVID or, you know what yeah. I mean? And there's so many different reasons like that. This one's a little easier to see now and sooner, but <laughs> you know, there's, there's things where I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was supposed to happen to me because it led to A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Now at G, I realize why, you know? So that's what I mean about those, those pebbles and boulders. And I feel like you listen, honestly, I think you listen to the pebbles because COVID could have gotten worse, yeah. and, you know? Right. So yeah, I just think life's funky like that, but I, I think that there's a reason or else why would things that are quote unquote meant to be right. If anybody, I believe in a very twisted version of fate. I don't think, I do think we have a lot of free will, but I think we wrote our lives out the yep. pivotal parts of it, free birth plan. Right. And so I think it's both. But I think that at the end of the day, you can totally will yourself out of it. Like sort of like if you're in a dream mm -hmm. and you're like, something's about to happen. You're like, no, that is not happening. I'm not going to let myself like fall off the cliff or like whatever it might be. I think that this is also energy in that same fashion and the dimension where you can manipulate certain things. Of course, it's, it's very hard to, you know, again, me and my tangents, but you know. <laughs> I think that we're meant to go with that flow for a reason because you never know what that flow is going to lead you. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your time. Is there anything else you want to add or just tell us where we can find you online? Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun talking to you, Sam, and you have an amazing podcast. I'm so blessed and happy to have been on it. People can find me if they want to check out my company, they can go to consciouslivingpr.com and you can find me on Instagram at healing with Mona if you want my healing stuff and then consciouslivingpr for the, the PR stuff. Perfect. And thank you all so much for joining us. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe. We have our listenership is growing. So, and Spotify is letting you guys give reviews right now. So it would mean so much to hear from you on that platform, but follow us also on Instagram at spiritual spiral show. You can find me at Sam D 43 and we'll see you soon. Thank you everyone.